I'm just going to jump right into the message tonight. I'm kind of excited about it, even though maybe you've heard this before. Um, that's all right. Sometimes we hear things and uh, it's like seeing a movie. The first time you see it, you, the second time you see it, you think, I didn't even know there was a connection there. I didn't even hear that line or, oh, I didn't even get that until now. And so I think that each time we hear the scriptures, we learn something or it encourages us in a special way. And I know that you'll be encouraged tonight. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word. It is life to those that find it. It's help to all our flesh. We thank you, Father, for it ministers love and joy and peace to us tonight. We thank you that it gives us answers to problems and and, and solutions to things that we are concerned about. We thank you for tonight, Father, that each one will have anointed ears to hear, minds open and hearts receptive. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to talk to you about the spirit of man tonight, the spirit of a man. And uh, uh, again, this is probably just really basic, but I had it on my heart to teach it. And sometimes we assume people know things when they don't really understand. So we're going to we're going to teach this, and um, I, I uh, through the years, it has meant so much to me. In fact, I've encouraged a lot of people with this because I was so encouraged when I learned that man is a spirit, that we are a spirit, and that we have a soul, and that we live in a body. And so we are a three-part being, and we could say that uh, the three-part nature of, of a man is spirit, soul, and body. And the spirit, of course, if we're born again, is born of God. So our spirit is connected to God, and that's how we contact him, is through our spirit. And then we have a soul, which means our intellect, our emotions, and our will. We could say it like this, our thinker, our chooser, and our feeler. That's how we feel, uh, we think, and we choose. And, of course, it's very important to renew our soul, to renew our mind to the Word of God, because uh, sometimes we come out of a past before we've gotten born again, and we've gotten used to a certain pattern of living or even perspective that's not godly, that's not godlike. Uh, for instance, we think maybe poverty is a virtue. And if you get into the word, you see that God has uh, sent Jesus to redeem our life from poverty. So it's complete opposite than what we might have thought growing up or maybe somebody had planted into us at some point, maybe even in church. Um, so we have to renew our mind to God's way of thinking and God's way of being so that we walk in his life and his abundance. And I, I love what uh, Brother Kenneth e. Hagen uh, would say uh, to us as Bible school students. He, you know, he would uh, reinforce the importance of continuing to renew your mind. Uh, that you don't just do it once, but you continue to do it. It's really should be daily because... Um, some, you know, the, the forces of the world can come in through the news, the media or through maybe friends or, um, you know, just ideas that are spread around. Um, they could try to seep into us and get into us. And so we have to uh, know who we are in Christ, 
understand those things with our mind. And so that takes a daily commitment to his word. And um, so we are a spirit. We possess a soul, which is our thinking, our emotions and our choices. And then we live in a body. And so what you see tonight is just my house I live in. You know, this is just a house with a blonde roof. Amen. With some color on color on my roof. (laughs) No telling what color it really is. But, you know, I painted it blonde. (laughs) And so um, I'm looking out at y'all. The real me is looking out through these little windows and I can hear you. Um, but the, the house that I'm in is not the real me. Right. Now, um, I had heard somebody ask Kenneth Hagin, sorry, I quote him a lot, but he's my uh, father in the faith, yeah. you know, so there you go. Um, I had heard someone ask him one time, well, we know people in heaven. Will we see them? Because if they're spirit beings, will you be familiar with uh, the way, you know, they look? Because we leave our bodies here on earth. They perish and we move out of our bodies, step over into glory. Amen. And uh, he said, well, our spirit beings look a lot like our physical beings. And he proved that through the word that uh, different ones recognized each other when they talked to one another from, you know, from beyond the uh, natural realm. So, you know, you don't have to be afraid that you won't know your loved one over on the other side or they won't know who you are. You're not just a ghost flying around. Right. Um, and so we'll see some things about that tonight as we talk about this. Um, now, the heart and spirit are interchangeable in the Bible. So if you see the word heart, uh, many times it is referring to your spirit man, the center of your being, not your beating heart, uh, physical heart. But the center of your being would be like the center of a tree is the heart of a tree. And that's your spirit. Um, With the spirit, of course, we contact God through our spirit. We come to know God. He is spiritually um, uh, contacted and learned about, of course, through our spirit. Now, God is a spirit. John 4, 24 says that God is a spirit. And it goes on to say, those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So he is not a man. Now, he became, uh, he put his spirit in Jesus. He became a man through Jesus Christ so that, that he could redeem us from sin and sickness and poverty and, and oppression and all the other things of, of the demons and the devil. But um, God is not a man. We can't touch him physically. Um, and a person on the earth, a man, you can touch, you can uh, hug, you can uh, hold hands with, but not with God. We communicate with him through his spirit. We don't even communicate with him mentally because he's not a mind. You know, he has a mind, but he's not a mind. God is a spirit. Yeah. Um, now, First Thessalonians, look at this with me. First Thessalonians 5.23. First Thessalonians 5.23. It's where all the, this helped me one time when somebody told me it's with all the T's. There's Timothy, you know, Thessalonians. They're all, the T's are together there. Titus, right? Okay, First Thessalonians 5.23. It says, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and that's W-H-O-L-L-Y, 
your whole being. And I pray your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So here you see uh, the three parts of a man, your whole spirit and soul and body. And notice spirit is listed first. I think it's because it's the most important part of a person. It is that person, the spirit. And then, of, co- of course, the soul and the body. Um, and then it says, be preserved blameless. Don't you love that? What a wonderful scripture. And this is a prayer. So you can pray this for your family. You can pray this for yourself that the, that the, that God would preserve, uh, your spirit, soul, and body. Praise God. Um, <clears throat> we, uh, now we'll talk about just the inward man being the spirit of a man. And um, the scripture in 2 Corinthians 4.16, 2 Corinthians 4.16 says that, um, that the inward man, and this is so interesting to me. Let's read the whole thing. It says, for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Now, the Amplified says, though our outer man is progressively decaying and wasting away, yet our inner self is progressively renewed day after day. Now, I think that's the reason why, and I've heard it and I've even said it, but I've heard many people say it. I just don't feel like I'm 62. (laughs) I just don't feel like I'm 86. Why don't you feel that way? Probably because your inward man is not that old. (laughs) Your inward man is being renewed day by day. And uh, the outward man is what, you know, decays or what perishes. Now, that doesn't mean you can't be healed if you're sick. I don't believe that. But there is a thing called aging, right? And let's just be real about it. You know, it it happens. It's part of the life cycle. And so here he's saying the inward, the good news is the inward man is renewed day by day. So it is a daily renewal. And I believe we do that through spending time in the word. Amen. Amen. Our spirit needs spirit food. And this word is spirit. These words are spirit words. And so they're going to feed your spirit. Nothing else will feed your spirit but the word of God. You know, we try to sometimes fill up with every kind of anything in the world to satisfy us or to make us happy or to some so for some kind of pleasure. But this is the only thing that satisfies your spirit, man. Yeah. Amen. And it's the only thing that will really train your spirit and develop your spirit. And we can do that. You can develop your spirit just like you could develop your uh, physical um, body by lifting weights or jogging or, you know, all kinds of exercise um, and nutrition. Uh, just like you can develop your mind by reading and studying and researching and, you know, they say playing chess and puzzles and all those kind of things are, are really good to sharpen your mind. And, um, The way we build our spirit, the way we strengthen our heart is spending time in the word of God. 
Now, I have found that if I don't put a lot of pressure on myself to do that, if I make it an enjoyable task, I get more out of it. So I know that through the years, you know, you, you hear all kinds of uh, devotions and what you should do and you should spend an hour or two hours or, you know, in the morning and at night. And, you know, there's all these rules about that that can kind of put you under pressure. Well, I don't know about you. It's put me under pressure before thinking, I've got, you know, two two babies and I'm pastoring a church and we're traveling and going and doing. And, and you know, that time in my life, I thought, oh, my gosh, and I'm not reading the Bible all the way through right now. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you you know, you, you kind of can get into a task instead of a relationship. And I think the relationship is so beautiful that we shouldn't dumb it down to right. some regimented, you know, thing. Uh, and I'm not against regimented things either because, you know, there's been times and I've even shared with the church where, I'll, you know, I'll take a devotion like uh, what John Osteen suggested, you know, two Old Testament chapters, two New Testament chapters right. and a Proverbs and five Psalms and do that every day. And it just feeds you, you know, it's good. So I'm not against those things, but I do think that. If we just kind of relax with God, you know, Tommy, Reverend Tommy Barnett, just an outstanding pastor. He said one time, he said, you know, I get my coffee in the morning and I go out to my backyard and I sit down with God and I just talk to him. And I have my Bible and I read some and, you know, it was just so beautiful. And he said, usually it lasts about two hours. But he doesn't even look at his watch to say, well, I've got 30 more minutes. I've got to sit here and pray in tongues or, you know, or whatever. So I think that just to enjoy the fellowship with God, and sometimes it's just good to be quiet. Just to be quiet and let him talk to, to you and uh, enjoy the solitude of his presence. Amen. Yes. And just the meditation on the word of God. So remember that all those things really strengthen your heart, your spirit, where you can practice learning to listen to him and, and get out of the noise of life and just, you know, be quiet for a while. It's a beautiful, beautiful atmosphere. And it will anchor you for your day. That's what I like about it the most. It just gives you that stability to make it through the day. Um, the in, inward man, of course, is the unseen man. And First Peter three, I like this because really, in context, it's writ- it's written about women and two women, but it certainly fits men as well. First Peter, uh, chapter three, it talks about the um, inward man. First Peter, chapter three, and um, let's see. We'll start reading with verse uh, four. But let it be the hidden man of the heart. Now that's talking about your spirit in which that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. Now underline those words, meek and quiet. It doesn't mean that you you can't talk or you just shut up, but it means peace. There's something about the peace of God that is such a mighty force. In your life. And I'm telling you, it will minister to other people. We've had several people just in the last couple of weeks. I mean, not that David and I are anything great. We're not. But 
we've had some people comment, younger people comment to us, y'all are so peaceful. Yeah. It is so nice to be around people who are at peace. And, you know, after the third or fourth time that said to you, you think, thank God, <laughs> you know, thank God we have peace. We know where it comes from. It certainly doesn't come from, you know, our mind or whatever. It comes from the Spirit of God. And it is a fruit of the Spirit. It's a result of God's Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And it's just wonderful that it ministers to other people as well. And I thank God for that because I believe that it's a testimony of what God will do in their life. If he'll, if they'll trust him. Even the ornament of a meek. Now meek, meekness is not weakness. We know that. Meek is, is, uh, teachable. You know, that, that you'll listen to God, that you'll obey the Holy Spirit when he talks to you. If your spirit is saying something, um, and you know it's many times your spirit is that still small voice. Still small voice. So it's not, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, you have to be quiet to hear, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and that meekness means you'll, you'll, uh, be teachable. Oh, Okay, Father, that's what I'll do then. I was going to do this, but now I sense your spirit wants me to do this, or I hear your voice wanting you leading me this way. Well, that that's what I'm going to do. That's meekness, amen. It's not mousy. Meekness is not mousy, being mousy. And a quiet spirit is that which is a peaceful heart. And it is, I believe it's difficult to hear from God when you're tumultuous, when you've got a lot of chaos going on on the inside. It's just, it helps so much to just get quiet. And, it, and if you're in a lot of turmoil, because we all have been there, I think that's why worship is so important. Yeah. It kind of calms your spirit down, you know, and your mind and your body even. To get your mind quiet and on the Lord and just start singing and praising and singing in other tongues. Yeah. It just quietens everything down because that's his presence. Amen. That's his presence. So a meek and quiet spirit. Now look at this phrase, which is in the sight of God of great price. Now, you know, God is the God of the universe who walks on streets of gold. There's mansions in heaven. He owns all the cattle on a thousand hills, all the silver, all the gold. He has everything. And he's saying that this is of great price to him. This meek and quiet spirit. This inward man that is going to listen to him and to have the peace that he has. Amen? So I think if he values that, we should value that. We should put great price on that, great value on that. And I think it ministers to our mind. It keeps us healthy emotionally, which is really important. It keeps the stress out of our life, which they say 80% of disease and sickness is caused by stress. It's related to stress. So it keeps the worry, the stress out. And then, of course, our physical bodies just can relax in his presence. And the Bible says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us and it will quicken our mortal bodies. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead quickens or makes alive our mortal bodies. So this kind of meek and quiet spirit will minister to your mind and to your physical body as well. 
Okay, let's move on. Second Corinthians chapter five. Look at Second Corinthians chapter five. Are you with me still? Yes. Okay, good. Second Corinthians chapter five. And uh, let's look at verse one. And the Bible says, for we know that if our earthly house, talking about our body, notice what the words of the Lord say. It says earthly house. This is just a house we live in. Now, we need to take care of our house. We need to respect our house, you know, instead of indulging it in all kinds of things that might destroy it. We need to take care of it. We need to um, respect the house that we live in. You only get. One house, you know, and on the earth. And it's kind of like your earth suit. And if you don't, you know, respect your earth suit, then um, it could be that you move on to heaven, but you move too soon. And so we need to be respectful toward our earthly house. But it says here, for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens in other words he's talking about our spirit here amen if this earthly house dissolves which it will it will we're all going to die i know that's news for everybody especially those on online but we're going to and um but the good news is that we have a building of god our spirit is built of god and a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So it's in, it's eternal spirit. In fact, we are all um, born into this world with a spirit that is going to live forever. Amen. It's going to live forever. Amen. It's uh, now we choose which direction we're going to go. Are we going to go to heaven? Or are we going to go to hell? Uh, hopefully, everyone tonight has made the choice. To make Jesus their Lord and Savior so that when you leave this earth, you go to heaven. That's certainly our desire. That's why David and I preach the gospel everywhere we go. Because we want uh, everyone, just like God wants everyone, to be born again, to be saved, and to make heaven their home. So um, uh, the, the good news here, though, is that when you're born again, you are born of the life of God. We call it the life of the eternal one. Or we could say eternal life, and that's the God kind of life. It's not just when you get to heaven. You can have the life of God here on earth, living by your spirit, spirit spirit-led living. Amen? It will... um, your steps will be ordered of the Lord and you will uh, experience God's best on the earth. Now, that doesn't mean you won't have troubles and trials because we all will. We will have those. But also, when we listen to the Spirit of God, the Bible says he always makes a way of escape. Now, I'm all about that. How about you? Show me the way of escape here, Lord, in this financial problem or in this you know, sickness problem. Show me the way out. Of this mess. And he always does. He's so good. And he wants us to know. So we have that eternal life. The life of God. uh, Life eternal. Even here on earth. When we're born of God. When we're born again. There's so many benefits. To being born again. Uh, Philippians 1.21. We won't turn there. But the Bible says. um, Our life is in Christ here on earth. And to die is gain. 
To die is even gain. So we don't even have to have that horrible fear of death that causes bondage all the time. Because some people are so bound with fear that they're going to get hurt or they're going to get sick and die or they're going to get this or that or the other. Every day of their life they have so much anxiety and it's tormenting. And we don't have to have that. Praise God we can be free from that kind of torment because we know we're walking with God who is love. And we know that even if we die, it's gain. Amen? See, that's how we would know that we're not just like an animal and die and you're dead and that's it. Because the Bible says to die is gain. That wouldn't be a gain, would it? Just to be non-existent anymore. Um, but we see, we, we need to go by the scriptures because you hear all kind of weird things about death. We need to look at the scriptures. And the Bible says in first, uh, in Philippians 1.23, to be with Christ is far better. Amen. So when we, uh, just step outside our physical body, we're right, we are with Christ. Yeah. Amen. And the Bible doesn't just say it's better. It says it's far better. It's hard to feel sorry for people who have gone on to be with the Lord. Because it's far better. Amen. Now that doesn't mean, you know, we don't miss them. That doesn't mean that sometimes we don't have tears or sadness. Because we do. But thank God when we really get into what's really happening here, we know they're much better off than we are. Amen. They are in the presence of the Lord, which is far better. So Second um, Corinthians 5, uh, 6 says, while we are at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. But we are confident, willing to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I love that. Doesn't, doesn't that just make you so joyful when you know that, again, when it comes time for you to feel like you're ready to go on and be with the Lord, to be absent from this earthly house, this body, is to be present with the Lord. Praise God. I love that. So uh, you see how important this teaching is, spirit, soul, and body, so that we understand these things. Um, we, we, we heard that, you know, it's all, death is almost like just taking off your jacket. It's just stepping outside your body. Amen. And the Bible says when uh, those of us who are born again die, that God has taken the sting out of death. That means there's not pain in leaving your physical body. In fact, it's really a joyful experience. And if you were here a couple of Sundays ago, you heard a testimony by my friend Julie, and she said that she actually died. Um, they had to shock her four times to get her back into her body. And she said there was no pain and she was not alone. She knew those t- two yes, things. And I, I just thank God for that. You know, yeah. he has taken the sting out of death. No matter how uh, a family member of yours might have died. I know my dad died very tragically. A, a drunk driver hit him and killed him. And my dad was on his way home from church, and it was just unbelievable. He's 50 years old, um, you know, completely the picture of health. He was very health conscious and exercised and dieted and do all the stuff, all the right stuff. And there he's killed on the way home from church. And so, you know, such a shock. But um, I heard, and they said he was killed instantly in the car. 
But uh, a couple of you know years later, I um, pulled up to a gas station and there was a police officer there, and he said, "Are you Scarlett? You know, and your dad was he Don Stevenson?" I said, "Yeah." And he said, you know, I was the police officer that was at that site, that wreck that night. And um, I knew him from the Optimist Club. And so I knew when I walked up to the car who he was. And he was, oh, he was uh, conscious. Well, see, I didn't ever know that part. And he said, Don, are you okay? And my dad said, yes, I'm fine. And so he went to check on the other guy. And in the other car, and when he came back, my dad was dead. Yeah. And what that told me is God has taken the sting out of death. Yes. Amen? Yeah. And I thank God for that. It was just brought me so much peace that, um, you know, you hear these testimonies, even people who come back from death, that they didn't have pain until they got back in their bodies, you know. But leaving the body, it was glorious. Amen? Praise God. I don't know how I got off on that, but it's, you know, has to do again with the inward man, your real man, your spirit man. Now let's look at a couple more scriptures and then we'll go tonight. Um, the Bible says in Proverbs 20, 27, the spirit of the man is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly. Yeah. Now what does that mean? We don't use candles so much nowadays as we used to. Of course, during hurricanes we do, don't we? But, um, Normally, we would say a light or a light bulb or a lamp. Um, and and what, what he's saying here is that's how he guides us is through our inward parts, our inward being. And, um, you, you know, you might say something like, I have, you know, my conscience. Well, if you're born again, you can trust your conscience. My conscience won't let me do that. Or you might say it like this, I have a gut feeling. Have you ever heard anybody say that? I have a gut feeling. Or um, even a hunch. I have a hunch, you know. Um, it's it's many times they're referring to their at least their human spirit. And sometimes even the Holy Spirit is guiding and leading. And I'm telling you, it pays to listen to those things. Yes. Amen. I went to a self-protection, um, uh, I don't know what they would call it. Uh, class for women one time and uh, the man that was conducting it he said if it seems weird it is weird you know if you're walking to your car and you think I shouldn't be doing this right now I should go back into the mall go back into the mall (laughs) right he said many people say after they're attacked or after something happens I knew I shouldn't have done that. I knew I shouldn't have been there. I, I had a feeling I shouldn't have walked that way or drove that way or whatever. So many times the Spirit of God's trying to help us. Amen? And we just um, go past that, that knowing and uh, not uh, yielding to the Spirit of God. And He's all the time trying to direct us. So this scripture means the Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. God uses our spirit to enlighten us. He uses our spirit to guide us and to direct us. So we need to listen. And if somebody's pushing you to make a decision, oh, you've got to, you've got to make it right now, right now, you've got five more minutes, everything's going to change, then you know what I've learned to say is I'm not making a decision. I don't care if everything right. changes or not. You know, you just give me a little time yeah. to make a choice here. Because I have learned um, at my ripe old age that it doesn't pay to make haste 
especially hastily decisions. So just go slow. Amen. And I think people have respect for you anyway if you do that. But too bad if they don't. Praise God. We need to listen to the Spirit of God. A man's spirit can be educated, developed, and improved. And so we study the Word of God to feed our spirit. And we already read that we can be renewed day by day by day by doing that. Um, also, the Bible says a natural man receives nothing from the Spirit of God. In fact, it's foolishness to a natural man. But a spirit-led man is very conscious, conscious of working with the Lord and listening to the Lord. Um, Brother Hagen, uh, David worked for Brother Hagen for years, and he can testify that if... Um, If the staff said, we've got to know about this meeting, can we go ahead and have, can we schedule it, we need to put it in the magazine, we need to, and if Brother Hagen wasn't for certain about it, he said, well, if you have to know right now, the answer is no. Now, you know, sometimes that's not easy to say, but it's wise, because if you don't know for sure, especially something that's, that's pretty colossal in your life, if you don't know for sure, don't do it. Amen? If you don't have complete peace about it, don't do it. That's my advice, and I don't know, you can take it or leave it. But I feel like the the Spirit of God has taught me that over the years, is if you just have something that's gnawing at you, it's usually not right. It's usually not the right way to go. And so, um, praise God. We'll... um, We'll close there and then, you know, we can talk about other things later. But there's so much on this subject. But I thank God that he wants us to have our best life on this earth. He desires. And when he's saying no to you uh, for something maybe that you want to do, like if you want to make a trip and do this trip and you've been planning this trip and, and the Spirit of God says, don't go. And you go, yeah, I'm going because, you know, I've always wanted to do that. And um, it can be really dangerous. Yeah. I'm not trying to scare you, but we had a friend that canceled a trip, and it was the tsunami. When that tsunami hit, you know, David could tell you the details of it in Thailand. And they were going to be right in the middle of that, right when it happened, if they hadn't canceled their vacation. Their vacation. Prepaid. Prepaid vacation. And so uh, it pays to obey the Lord. Amen. Amen. And so, Father, we just thank you for this evening service. We thank you, Lord, that we can learn to trust you, to trust your voice, to be led of your spirit in everything we do. And we thank you, Lord. You don't always are just showing us the negative, but you also show us the right way, the right things to do, the right uh, places to go. And the um, investments, uh, even financially, that we need to make or uh, things we need to do with our money. And we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you tonight for every person listening that they'll have just a renewed interest in spending time with you in your word, daily renewing themselves and the inward man feeding upon your word to be strong in the Lord and in the power of your might. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.